Welcome to Hoop There It Is with WRUF Steve Russell and ESPN basketball analyst Mark Wise. Hoop There It Is, brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's go to the studio with Steve and Mark on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Phone issues. There we go. Okay. Welcome to this edition of Hoop. There it is. Uh, as we get you set for now postseason play with the SEC tournament just about to start. I'm Steve Russell. Mark Wise not here today, but it is my great pleasure to bring in an old friend. And of course, you know him from his time playing basketball here with the Florida Gators. Dan Cross is in the house. Dan, good to have you, man. Pleasure to be here, Steve. We're going to have a little fun today, my friend. Look Uh, forward to it. We're going to take calls. Uh, I hope we're going to get a lot of information that Dan will pass along. We'll do the same things that we do when Mark is here. Um, Now, if you want to call in to the show, the Campus USA phone line number, 392-8255. 392-8255. So that gets that done. Um, we'll have questions that Dan will answer that you've given to either he or to Mark. But let's start with this, Dan. Um, you have certainly been on the court for great wins. You've been on the court for some disappointing losses. Uh, all you had to do was look at Twitter after Saturday yeah. and know how disappointing um, things were. But let's take things from a player perspective, Dan. That's a tough Loss. I mean, everything was going your way. You yeah. were at home, and then you lose at the last minute. Now you got to turn around and play in the SEC tournament. How difficult is it for you know players, coaches, the team to get over a loss like that? It's difficult when you have a young team, and in this case, when you have freshmen and sophomores that kind of dominate the play uh, with one senior. They don't necessarily understand and can get over as quickly a defeat such as a Kentucky where the outcome really should have been much different. Um, Also, we can go into what happened in the game. Um, And I know there's some people that, you know, don't like Mike White. That's fine. Mm -hmm. People are entitled. But one thing that struck me and we talked about this when he came out and said you know we're not we're not the toughest team again maybe youth has something to do with that but how do you develop that dan i mean you in other words is does it come from the coach does it come from leaders on the team you know how is that toughness developed it's a mentality um and sometimes steve you can you can teach a co- uh, you can teach a player how to be tough even when they're not tough and even if that is hey just make sure that your opponent doesn't get to the to the goal um easy if it means a hard foul or a tough foul or just make it hard on your opponent over a period of time you develop a culture and a mentality to where kids will buy into at least learning or acting how to be tough and sometimes acting how to be tough is half the battle. So I don't believe that, you know, a kid 17, 18, 19 is too young to to learn or know how to be tough. If they're not tough, it's something that can definitely be taught, at least on the basketball court. 
By the way, uh, Kerry Blackshear suffered a sprained wrist in the game. Leprous. He, uh, he is, yes. He's now listed as questionable for Thursday. X-rays came back negative, and MRI showed a ligament sprain. And you know this, Dan. He's a pretty tough guy. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, one thing that Mike White did say about him, that he's played through illness, uh, you know, bumps and bruises, all that. He's one of the toughest guys he's ever coached. So I think if there's any way he's going to make it on the floor, you know, he will come Thursday. But mm-hmm. um, that is the that is the exact diagnosis, sprained wrist, questionable for the Thursday SEC tournament opener. Okay, now let's skip to that. Um, let's say Florida had won this game, okay? They wouldn't be playing, but as a player, you go into the – do you look at it as regular season's done, now we start postseason? How do you look at that? I don't think right now there's a – it's one game at a time. And the goal um, as coach and as player is to make sure that you're doing everything possible to continue to enhance the, you know, the team t- chemistry, um, to look forward to, to tournament play. So I don't think at this point, you know, is it wise to look ahead to any other game other than this is a game that we need to play, um, play to the best of our ability to now regain the confidence that could have been lost. I think Mike does a really good job of preparing um, his players and his team for, you know, after tough losses as well. So um, there's some things that are working in, in his in his behalf just based off of the experience. But, you know, at this point in, in, in time in the game, um, you know, if you're not tough by now, then that's not going to that's not going to happen at at, at, the, at this point. Yeah, tough to do. All right. Again, if you have a call you want to get in, talk some hoops with us on the Campus USA phone line, 392-8255. First off, though, we'll do our play of the week, brought to you by Center State Bank with five Alachua County locations to serve your bet to serve you better. What do you got for play of the week, Dan? Um, I think play of the week, uh, there's this very talented kid out of Dayton that uh, is kind of a, a highlight, a real and, and highlight show. Um, and, and I believe that uh, his plays of the week um, would, you know, serve justice to, uh, you know, to, to that. And um, unfortunately, I like to, would like to give some plays of the week for Florida, but right now, um, it, I don't really have that. Okay. All right. Well, here's a good thing, too. Anthony Grant, coaching over at Dayton. Yes. And because of San Diego State, Losing um, most of the bracketology now has Dayton as a one seed. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought of that? No one, but probably Anthony Grant, his staff, and and his players. Which again is a mentality that has been given and and taught to a team that nobody thought would be this far. So you know, kudos and respect to, to Anthony. All right, now time for questions of the week. Brought to you by Paul Gardner Chiropractic, committed to your comfort and care. You can send your questions to hoop there it is show at gmail.com. As you can imagine, a lot of them. So let's get to it. Tyler in Gainesville. Gators executed in the second half against Georgia, but failed to execute in the second half against Kentucky. This team is labeled, and rightfully so, a tale of two halves. Why is this happening, and how can the coaching staff change this? 
Great question. Uh, I, I think a lot of it, and I've said this just from the beginning of the season, it's just a mentality. Um, at this point in the game, you have very talented, if not some of the most talented players on the floor, speaking of Florida. So talent right now kind of it, it matches itself with any opponent that we play. It now comes down to a mentality in the backcourt. All, most games at this point will be close games, as you and I both know. Mm-hmm. And the ball is going to be in the hands of guards. And so the tale of two halves, you know, kind of speaks of the the game goes how the guards go. Okay. Um, being the, this is a Riley and Alachua beating the Wildcats so close, not to miss them hard shot that bothers me, but allowing Kentucky to come back from 18 down does. Was this due to a defensive breakdown or a coaching strategy? Uh, I think neither. Uh, uh, there comes a point, uh, it's mentality, first of all, and then um, there's a, the game is a game of runs. So it's tough to keep a 17-point lead. But if you have a 17-point lead, you want to make sure that you increase that. So at this point in the game, um, it's, it's more of a mentality. What's the name? Greg. Greg? Okay. All right. Are we having trouble getting names on there? Okay. All right. Let's go to our Campus USA phone line. Greg is there. Greg, hi. Hey, guys. Yeah, a quick comment and the question about Scotty Lewis and Payne, but um, everybody's kind of, you know, down on the Gators and, and giving up a big lead. But I think this is the strangest season in that I've never seen so many come from behind. Florida had two, I think, this year where they were down 20. I think it tied a, a team record, in fact. So it didn't surprise me Kentucky made the run. And like the gentleman said, you know, game uh, basketball is a game of, of runs and momentum and just like in football momentum is crucial and mm-hmm. but it changes so quickly in basketball more so than football i think mm-hmm. my question is for you guys is i think Payne could be a great uh player one day i think he he has tremendous upside i just hope he works on his d better thoughts on him and scotty lewis is incredible off the bounce his dribble drive penetrations i don't know if coach white's holding him back I know, Steve, you said that the team, uh, Nimbards, you know, the team that every, everything goes through him, and I agree with that. I just don't see them doing enough set plays for Scotty. Maybe I, I don't know basketball well enough. I'm just a street baller myself. So I just think Scotty could dribble, penetrate, and dish, and just create a lot more similar to Jordan. I think he wears his number for a reason. There's a lot of similarities. Obviously, he's a raw talent, but I just don't see us utilizing Scotty Lewis on offense. I think the more confidence he gets, the better he'll get on offense. And uh, Listen to your comments off there and go Gators. All right, Greg, thank you. Um, yeah, I think you bring up a great point. Um, Scotty Lewis, just in, in general, um, and these are just what I, my assessment of him is he's a, he definitely is a great penetrator. Um, but where he excels is in transition play. And the only way that you can really get easy points is you got to have to play good defense, but you have to push the ball. You have to give the ball up and put Scotty in positions to where he will excel. Um, I don't see him more of a, you know, set play type of guy to where he has, he's coming off screens, you know, to shoot the ball, but it's, I think he has that capability. But he was recruited, and where he, what he's known for is getting out on the fads break and finishing strong. I don't see a lot of that happening with that kind of talent. 
Um, and we don't have that many creators on this particular team. So if he's going to be created because he penetrates well, then he needs to be utilized in that way. Yep. He's scoring more, no doubt, and led the team with 19 and played 36 minutes of the game, too. Confidence. Yep. Uh, Craig in Gainesville, how was it playing for Coach Kruger? Uh, well, I wasn't expecting that question today. Uh, but um, he's an X and O guy. And so uh, I've learned a lot from Coach Kruger. I did learn a lot from Coach Kruger when it came to X's and O's. Um, I was taught by one of the best. He is not the greatest players coach to play for, but he, from an X and O, I've learned everything there is to know about the game. And for that reason, um, he allowed us and gave us a chance to uh, get to the Final Four, and um, it's been the, great, the greatest experience of my life. Uh, Frank and Alachua, Belmont and Utah State made the big dance Saturday. What other bubble teams do you see making it? That's a good question. Um, there are a handful of bubble teams. Uh, and really this conference play is going to determine, you know, what team sticks. So it would really be unfair for me to answer that at this point because there's more – There's a, there are a lot of bubble teams that this conference play or conference week, conference championship week will kind of determine, you know, where, where teams fit in. One of the great things about March Madness is now. Yes. I mean, the NCAA tournament's great. Correct. But it's the conference tournaments because for, okay, like Belmont. Right. Okay. Uh, the SOCON tournament or some of these smaller conference tournaments. Yep. The favorite doesn't always no. get in. No. So at that point then, you know, who else gets in? And, for example, Liberty. Mm -hmm. Liberty has, is a really good team, but... They're probably going to be in a one-bid league. Mm -hmm. You know, do they get in? Right. We will see. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert in Ocala, uh, you were part of the first ever Gator basketball team to go to the Final Four. How was that experience? Greatest experience of my, my, of my life, Rob. Um, I, I think as a kid, you know, every, every kid dreams of going to the Final Four. And the greatest of college players, most have not had the opportunity to, opportunity to go. So for a kid, you know, from Illinois, a Midwest kid that somehow got down here to Florida and was able to fulfill his dreams with a bunch of, you know, of best friends that happened to be his teammates. Um, and most importantly, we weren't expected to go to the Final Four and to be able to do it for the first time. There aren't too many people in life that can, that can say they did something for the first time. True. Especially here at the University of Florida. So... Very proud, honored um, to, you know, to be a Gator um, and to allow, you know, 25, 26, 27 years later uh, to still have that as one of the greatest memories of all time. All right. Uh, Gus in Gainesville, did you attend the Billy Donovan dedication? And if so, how was it? I sure did. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. It was another great experience. Um, unfortunately, basketball does not have a lot of reunions here. So this was probably an all-time great basketball reunion. Um, and a lot of that had to do, actually all of it has to do with Billy Donovan. Mm -hmm. So the way that I define a good coach is when his players come back to show him love and respect. Not just the fans. The fans don't know Billy like his players know Billy. 
I happen to know Billy just because he recruited me from Kentucky under Bertino. So I've known him a very long time. What you see is what you get with Billy and the way he treats his players and what he's done to help support his players, just not in college but after college. It all reflected on that particular weekend, and what a great honor to be able to name a court after him. Yeah, and well said too, my friend, because Mm – that is the measuring stick. It, it's not. I mean, certainly fans understand championships, yes. wins and losses. But yes. you know, what you do or what do you continue to do now when they're right. done playing basketball? Yep. And the fact that those guys, you know, the, the guys playing in the NBA mm-hmm. came back. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Kim hadn't been back here in a while. Yep. He came back. Yep. That, that is the measuring stick. No, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus and Hawthorne, I know you do a basketball camp and games every year. Yes. Here it's an excellent one. Yes. Can you tell me what my kid can expect? Yes, yeah, so the uh, name of our camp is All Fundamentals Basketball Camp. I've uh, been running camp here last 16, 17 years, Steve. I probably speak to you every year. You do? So, since year one, so yeah. thank you for that support. Sure. Uh, we hold it out at Queen of Peace and St. Francis High School. What your child or what parents can expect is they will learn all the fundamentals of basketball at an advanced level. And so this is basically like putting your kid into an honor roll class or an IB class kind of school setting, except we're teaching basketball. Teaching life skills, respect, discipline, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a great experience. And for us to be around this long means we're doing something. Jim in Newberry says, I'm assuming by the Gators splitting games last week, they're in the big dance. What seed do you predict? So I've heard eight, I've heard nine, I've heard now ten. And most likely it's either nine or ten. And at this point, I don't really think it matters. Yeah. I mean, you. I guess in one respect, you want to get it out of eight and nine so that you don't play the one, you know, game two. But to a player, I don't it, think that matters. It doesn't matter. And with the level of basketball – this year in college basketball, there's not really a dominant team. So either everybody's a number one seed or because anybody can be beat at, at any given day. Um, or you just look at it as another team that's just really good and just been seated high. These last few questions are really good. Um, Reggie and Lake Butler, did Scotty Lewis play his final home Gator game? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, I don't know where Scotty is at on the board. Um, and from the last time I looked at it as the last week, he was not on the first round draft pick board. By the way, he played Saturday. He could have moved into that first round. If that is the case, yes. My opinion, it could be his last game just because of the fact that, you know, if somebody offers you a few million dollars – why would you not take it? Well, if you're going to be a first-round guy. Why would you go. not take it? That's yes. right. You can but, come back to school. But you know what? I don't know why I think he's going to come back. That's just my gut feeling. I have nothing that I haven't talked to him. I just think he's going to come back. I think he has stuff to, to prove yet. Um, Bobby in Gainesville, Exact Tech Arena, had a special feel, feel to it Saturday. Why do Gator fans only show up to the big games? I just paused on that one as well. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 I don't think, you know, the national televised game has anything to do with it because fans don't know if they're going to be seen. Um, I'm not for sure if it's Kentucky 
because Kentucky has always been Kentucky. Um, it's really not a rivalry. It's just a really good game and a really good atmosphere. I'm not for sure if it's Saturday. Um, but I will say Gator fans at this point know basketball. And so until it's proven that we need to pack the house every night, I can understand why Gator fans may come to only certain games. Yeah. Should it be that way? No, but – Unfortunately, sometimes that's how basketball fans are. I'm going to go a little, take a little deeper dive into this. Go ahead. <laughs> um, with the exception of football, yes, every other sport here is show me. Yes, it is. Yes, still is. Yes, and that includes basketball. It includes uh, Gator baseball, sixteen and zero. Unfortunately, okay. Yes. So now everybody's going to want to come to McKeithen Stadium, correct? Because they're sixteen and zero, right? Well, if they were eight and eight wouldn't be that way. Wouldn't be that way. No. So that's part of it. And I will also defend fans a little bit because just like the athletes, okay, they have no say when the SEC network says, let's play a nine o'clock game on Tuesday night. That's tough. Okay. And if you're going to come here from Jacksonville or whatever to see a team, yes. come on now. Not going to come. So, you know, sometimes I get on fans, but but I'm also understanding they have lives, yes. and when the SEC network dictates a game that's that late on a weeknight, that's tough to do. It is. Um, Zach and Gainesville. Although Vince Carter was recruited heavily by Lon Kruger, how close were they from making this happen? So I was asked this question earlier today, Zach, and so Vince is a good friend of mine. Um, I was the host for Vince Carter his entire two years that he was being courted here at University of Florida. So we spent a lot of time uh, together on weekends in my dorm. Um, and so the, the, the situation came down to Florida and North Carolina. Um, and, I, you know, my opinion is, you know, when Michael Jordan makes a call to you, you can do one of two things, Steve. <laughs> you can either pay close attention to what he says, right. or you can not do what he says. Yeah. Most people, when they receive a coach, I mean, a call from Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. will most likely take that advice. Yes. Um, but with that being said, we've had other Vince Carters. Um, or similar to Vince Carter's that have been very talented from the state of Florida that have come to Florida. Mm -hmm. So um, I think if that was played and courted right, even the Michael Jordans of the world, Florida is big enough, and at that time of coming off of a Final Four, we should have been able to get any athlete we wanted to. Vince was number one. And that's just now my personal opinion that I'm sharing 28 years later. It's amazing. That's amazing that dude's still playing. Uh, yes, he takes very good care of himself. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um, every time I, I watch him, it's like, whoa. Yes. Anyway, um, let's see. Alex and Liable with both San Diego State and Baylor losing again, does this mean FSU and Dayton are both one seeds for the tournament? Um, I think so, but I don't really think it matters. Like all four of those teams are really good. Yeah. Even if even if the committee decides to have those two teams to stay number one, I, they're going to be good games either way. Um, I think. Well, Dayton will be a one. Yeah. For sure. 
Um, if you're going to reward FSU for winning the ACC, then I think you make them a one seed. But I guess the other question is, how much do you dock Baylor, who's been really good for the vast majority of the yeah. year? Mm-hmm. Uh, ben in Gainesville is a former Gator basketball player. What's it like having your son playing Gator football, and what's it like to play for Coach Mullen? Thank you for that question. Um, I'm a very proud father um, who I thought, was going to raise and develop the next Dan Cross playing basketball. So for my son Daniel to do something total opposite of what I had envisioned, um, I admire the choice that he's made. He's a late bloomer, um, just starting to figure out and learn basketball. So if he was going to go anywhere or if anyone was going to give him an opportunity, I wanted it to be here at the University of Florida. For Dan Mullen and his coaching staff to develop, he's not a tough kid, but to develop toughness and a mentality into a son um, that uh, has tried to do the same. I've now, for a parent and as a father, have given him and they're teaching the same things that I would have taught my son. So for that culture and structure to be created, and a winning mindset to be created, I have first-class respect for Dan Mullen and his coaching staff because I know what it was like when he wasn't here. I noticed I know enough people on campus to know how things were run before he got here. Mm-hmm. So to see firsthand what Dan has done in a very short amount of time to prove and kind of turn a, a mentality and a program around, I am thankful that my son is at the University of Florida. I could be a little biased about that. Sure. But for him to be taught and for him to be surrounded by some of the greatest athletes in the country, I'm very well pleased and satisfied and thankful that University of Florida has accepted my son and my daughter. My daughter's here also. I'm very thankful for that. By the way, speaking of Dan Mullen, he will talk today about spring practice at about noon and we will endeavor to carry that live for you. Last couple of uh, questions here. Brooks in Gainesville, been a Mike White supporter, been believing in the process of the year goes on, but as soon as we get some momentum, I get to rub it into people's faces, we lose a game. And it's usually because we have an off night on offense. So my question is, can this team find a way to win games come tournament time, even if we're having an off night offensively, or we live and die in the tournament with the offense? At this point, you can't live and die with the three ball. You have to live and die with a backcourt that is going to is going to give the team the best opportunity to find a way to win. At a point in time and season where now it's do or die. You know, you win or go home. It's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of pressure on especially young kids. But these aren't the first young talented kids that have the opportunity to go a long way. If the Kentuckys can do it and the Dukes can do it and these other programs that come in with, you know, five-star All-Americans, Florida can, should be able to do it as well. You know, I, I could be way off in this, but look what's happened over the course of this season, right? Florida began sort of playing defensive games, mm-hmm. you know, 65-60, 58, you know, and fans couldn't stand it because they were walking the ball up the floor. Yeah. So I think rightfully they picked up tempo. I just think when this team plays defense, it kind of feeds them 
offensively. Because as, as you said, Florida doesn't have great uh, guys that get it to the rim. They don't. Yeah. They don't drive the Creators. ball particularly yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of reliant on the three. But just seems to me when they play, when they're energized defensively, they're a little more energized offensively. And we'll see what happens in the tournament. And then um, lastly, Aaron and Bell can a coach be successful in the SEC by basing their philosophy off the approach of schools like Butler that have a tendency to have older players and be able to compete with the one-and-done kind of talent that the league seems to embrace? I don't think any, that has anything to do with, uh, and not to really divert from that question, but Florida, we're really talented. Um, whether it's one-and-done, like we haven't had any one-and-done, so that that's really not a question that can be answered. We have McDonald All-Americans. We have one senior that um, has had the experience to help lead and help kind of take some of the pressure off of, you know, the rest of his teammates as well. So this it's a good combination of guys that if they have the right mentality and most importantly, the more up-tempo that we play, especially a defensive up-tempo to where we press, I don't know, understand why we wait till we get down 15 and 20 and then start to press. If you have that mentality from the jump, then and it's a style of ball that these kids are used to playing, it creates an excitement that, you know, easy points and, you know, now it's a different kind of ball game. Instead of waiting until the last 10 minutes to press and you're down 15 and come back and it's the last, you know, second shot to try to win or lose. That's just my opinion. All right. We uh, have finished all. We have some email questions we will get to momentarily, but it's time to get a break. We'll come back. Dan Cross in the house today. Hoop, there it is. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. It's hoop season, and there's many of you out there will try and act like the Gators do on the court and relive the glory days. But when you get the aches and pains from doing the moves you shouldn't be trying anymore, you'll know it's time to see Dr. Paul Gardner, and he'll fix you upright. At Gardner Chiropractic and Injury, they've got affordable, no-stress care. From sports injuries to chronic pain and headaches that won't go away, they've got many therapies that'll get you better in no time. They can even order MRIs, ultrasounds, CAT scans, x-rays, and blood work to get you diagnosed the right way. So call them today at 727-4438. At Center State Bank, they put business first. They're the largest community bank in the state of Florida and understand that small businesses need a community business partner that they can rely on. Center State has five convenient Alachua County locations to serve you better. They invite you to come in and experience the Center State difference. To learn more, visit centerstatebank.com. Center State Bank, member FDIC. Lake Area Metal Solutions is the official metal roofing supplier of the Florida Gators. With lightning-fast turnaround times, they can help you beat the rain and the heat this summer. Lake Area Metals is the only metal roofing manufacturer owned and operated in Alachua County, and they are committed to fast, friendly customer service. With over 25 years in the roofing industry, they have the experience, the workmanship, and the attention to detail that you need to get the job done. A proud sponsor of Gator Basketball, visit them today at lakeareametals.com. 
You may think car buying today is all point, click, deal done. The truth is, the dealer makes all the difference. On-site or online, generations have trusted the family at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet. This week at Davis, save up to $15,000 on new Silverados, a new Equinox, just $199 a month, or buy either with 0% for 72 months. Now at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet on North Main Street. Find new roads. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Welcome back to Hoop, There It Is on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Lori left with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. You can contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to Hoop, There It Is. Time now for Dan to do up our Chalk Talk, brought to you by Gators Dockside Wings, Ribs, seafood and sports all right dan i'll throw it to you yeah so just for talk the the, the play of uh the game that i would like to um kind of reiterate will come from the kentucky game and, and this is really the last uh three seconds of the, of the basketball game where a play was drawn up for uh for our guard to get the ball and try to get as far down the court as he could so for those fans that may or might not know, three seconds is a very long time to get from one free throw line to at least the other free throw line. So in this case, Nimhart was on one one elbow, and uh, I believe uh, had another guard on another elbow, and uh, Nimhart came across uh, from one side to the other side to catch the ball from the out of bounds, and literally had uh, a little bit. Of, I think it was three point one seconds. To, to dribble down as fast as he could from one end to the other and end up more or less taking a half-court shot um, instead of possibly another layup, which he had another probably second and a half. So I say all that to say for guards out there that are listening or players out there listening, when you have three seconds, three seconds is a long time not to panic. This is more of an educational uh, play than anything else. So plays like this don't happen again. So that's why I call this um, kind of my play of, of of the week because I'm pretty sure this is going to happen again. And when it does happen again, it can make the difference between extending our game and having another game or going home. So let this be a, a teachable moment. Good stuff. All right, that's our Chalk Talk brought to you by Gators Dockside Wings, Ribs, Seafood, and Sports. Um, I'm going to take care of uh, Sub of the Week, brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the Ebor City, Tampa Cuban, Miami Cuban, and the Key West Cuban. Um, you know, sometimes you can look at somebody coming off the bench, and you're looking for, like, big production. So a guy comes off the bench and scores 20, Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Omar Payne here because he had to play more minutes mm -hmm. because of the injury um, to Blackshear, and he held his own. Yeah. He was he played 20 minutes, three out of four from the floor, and had six points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but again, he had to pick up minutes. Jatobo also had to do that, but he's my sub of the week because mm -hmm. Payne got to play yeah. 20 minutes in the game. Now. 
Coach of the Week, brought to you by Lake Area Metals, the official metal roofing supplier of the Florida Gators. What do you got there, Dan? So I'm going to have to go with my man who I've known for a while, friend of mine, uh, former Gator, uh, Anthony Grant. Uh, he has done a very a hell of a job in turning a program around. Um, Ob Toppin helps. Oh yes, yes he does. <laughs> yeah. He surely does. <laughs> Uh, but with that, there's a lot of pressure to make sure that the kid like that um, excels. True. Um, so with that, he definitely gets my nod for, for Coach of the Week and probably Coach of the Year. My coach is Leonard Hamilton. Mm, great pick. Um, because, I, I mean, look, I think people knew FSU was going to be good. Yes. But I don't know how many people predicted him to win the ACC. Agreed. Now, I don't think anybody predicted North Carolina to be where they are True. either. But and I know that's not going to be popular with some Gator fans because he's an FSU guy. Yes. But he's done a good job there, so yes. he's my coach of the week. All right, now I'm going to get your top four teams who you think it's going to be now. Brought to you by Doreen Weeby Realtor, voted best realtor in town by the People's Choice Award. Top four teams, Dan. Yeah, I'm probably going to first go with uh, with Dayton since that is. I don't want to say the the, the popular uh, conversation, but I believe they're well deserving of. Uh, um, of the uh, of the honor, um, my second choice right now, um, by the way that they're playing, would be Florida State. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they uh, they always find a way to at least get to the Sweet Sixteen, Sweet Eight, and usually something happens that you know, um, and it's usually like a last second type of situation. So I think you know, going going off of blueprint and patterns. This could be the year that that Leonard, you know, kind of extends, you know, his uh, you know, his legacy with getting them um, to the Final Four. I like to, uh, as of right now, Baylor would be my third um, team. Uh, they're just strong, really strong backcourt, really great guard play. Um, they finish well, also. Uh, my fourth team, um, and I really hate to say this, but right now, Kansas always finds a way just to get far. They don't always have the most talented teams um, from one through five, but they're always well coached, and it's almost like they feel and deserve like they should be there. Okay. So that would be my fourth team. I'm going to flip-flop it a little bit, um, taking nothing away from what Anthony has done. Yeah. But Kansas plays in a big league. Yeah. So I go Kansas one. Mm -hmm. um, probably, I don't want to say by default because that's not fair. But I'll go. I think Dayton is a legitimate one seed now. For sure. So I'll, I'll say Dayton two. Mm -hmm. um, Gonzaga hadn't played in a while, nah. but they didn't hurt themselves, and I think they were a top four team anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'll go them three, and boy, now, you know, but like you said, between FSU and Baylor. I guess FSU yep. because Baylor hasn't played you know all that well lately, and FSU has. Mm -hmm. So I'll say FSU four, okay. but Not hard to argue. Off. Yes, hard sure. to argue with any of those. Um, okay, now Baller of the Week brought to you by Okito America, your after-school martial arts and birthday party headquarters. Um, I'll do mine um, because I look again at what Keontae Johnson has done, and. He only had 12 points the other day. But to me, he is the guy offensively that is the most consistent for Florida. Yeah. Um, Scotty Lewis had a terrific game, and we all know what Noah Locke can do from mm -hmm. beyond the arc. But Keontae Johnson, to me, 
is the guy that's the most consistent Florida scorer. So he is going to be my baller of the week. I cannot argue that uh, that honor, um, but um, I'm going to go with a guy and player that has definitely turned this game around and will continue to turn this game around, and that's Scotty Lewis. Okay. Hard to argue with that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, that even that one-two punch, um, if they decide to figure out how to play you know, towards the end, they'll continue to, to be recognized in that manner. Okay. We'll take a break, come back. Well, we have some emails we'll get to Dan with as well. A Facebook Live we'll try to get to. As you listen to Hoop, there it is, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to defer you to Titan MRI. MRI or call them today at 672-6644. How do you decrease your company's turnover? Ask the friendly staff at Radware. Nothing says thank you like a Yeti-style insulated cup with your company name on the side or a pair of Costa sunglasses. When you want to make an impression, Radware is the place to go. Logoed sunglasses, mugs, water bottles, hats, shirts, umbrellas, pens, the list goes on and on. If you can think it, Radware can make it memorable. Locally owned and operated by UF grads, Radware is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. No one does promotional items and customized apparel like Radware. Visit them online today at radwaredesigns.com. The school year is back, and no one does after school like Okito America. Martial arts, academic tutoring, Spanish classes, art classes, science classes, sports programs, and free transportation. Okito America has classes for all ages to teach valuable life lessons and provide plenty of exercise. Starting at just $79 a week for after school, and as always, transportation is completely free. Okito America, located at 6900 Southwest Archer Road and online at okitoamerica.com. Hurry, sign up for after school at Okito America today before classes fill up. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports Headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Are you buying or selling? Whatever phase of real estate you find, yourself in, you can trust Doreen Weeby at Coldwell Banker MM Parish Realtors. Whether you're moving in or moving out, Doreen Weeby will provide you with the fast, friendly, and reliable service that she has built her reputation on. It's no surprise that Doreen won Best Real Estate Agent in the Gainesville People's Choice Awards. Gainesville, Alachua, Newberry, and all of Alachua County, trust the best and call Doreen Weeby today at 352-562-1411 or visit them online at yourdreamscomehome.com. Welcome back to Hoop, There It Is on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. 
At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem, and no Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Hoop. There it is. Got a couple of emails and some Facebook lives, too. Sam says, could Dan give a nice memory of either Dimitri or Andrew DeClerc? Love the moxie of that 9014. He was a student during that time. Some of the best memories of his, with his college friends were due to this team. Yes. Uh, memory of either uh, Dimitri or, or Andrew DeClerc. Well, I can give memories of both really quick. So Andrew, uh, who was a, I came in with him at, at UF um, as freshman, uh, roommate of mine. Um, quick memory is that he's always known as the hustle guy, nicknamed the hammer, and um, he's always known for hurting somebody in practice, you know, just with his <laughs> sharp elbows. Um, but most importantly, he's like the hardest working 16 kid that's on the court. So he's known for tracking down you know, a guard on a fast break and blocking their shot. And so those are memories that I remember just distinctly of, of Andrew. And for Dimitri Hill, um, I like to, you know, claim for fame that I gave him the name Meat Hook just because he was a six six guy that you couldn't get around and he had a hook shot that he barely got off the floor that nobody could block, not even seven footers. And it's a move that is still um, underutilized today. So both great memories and, and, most importantly, both very good friends and great guys. Gordon says, as a former D1 player who knows the game made it to the Final Four, what changes do you think we could make to improve our offense, and can or will Mike White make enough changes to make a run in the NCAA tournament? Style of play. Um, I think, you know, if, if we're able to pick up um, um, pressure full court, um, it, that style of play will work because it creates just easy baskets, easy layups. Um, second question was, will that style of play work for uh, tournament um, play? Yeah, that, what, what changes could he make? Um, I, I think that's the biggest change um, is not waiting until we're down, you know, 10 points to, you know, to pressure teams uh, or at an extended, you know, defense or, or four-court pressure. Start it that way, set the tempo, set the tone, and that way, you know, it, it just creates easy baskets. Okay, now – we're going to do a uh, couple of uh, calls here on our Campus USA phone line. Doug is next. Hi, Doug. Hey, Steve. Dan, it's great to hear your voice. It, it's, uh, you know, you're really offering some insight. Let me ask you this. Is Stick'em legal in the NCAA? Stick'em? Because you... so many times, Stick'em, yeah, so many times this year, I've seen plays, specific plays, that when they're passing the ball and passing it well and they get in rhythm, wow, they really look great. But then all of a sudden there's a fumbled pass. All of a sudden the guy's set up for the three-pointer and he fumbles with the ball. And it allows the defense to catch up. I don't know if it's bad passes. Sometimes it appears it is. But other times it just appears that they're not paying enough attention to the ball. Is there anything that they can really do about this? Great question. Um, I don't think they're – that's just concentration, uh, really, at the end of the day, in my opinion. Um, you know, the game is really simple. Pass the ball, catch the ball. Um, you know, as much as a player would like to catch the ball at, you know, you know, at his chest 
or you know anywhere anywhere around that. Just the game, unfortunately, doesn't work that way. So it could be a bounce pass that's by his knees or you know above his head. Just catch the ball. I mean, every kid at this level knows how to catch any kind of pass. So it now just comes down to a just a concentration level and a very you know, uh, a, a setting that, you know, allows, you know, our team the best chance to, to create and score. So it comes down to, you know, that's what it comes down to. Have you noticed that? I mean, am I the only person that's seeing that, or is this something that you've noticed? I haven't really noticed it uh, just because it's a part of the game. You know, unfortunately, as I mentioned before, every pass is not going to be a perfect pass. Um, right, right. But as long as a as a player is in position to, you know, to catch and shoot, that's really. Uh, I mean, they've played enough and they've practiced enough to know how you know their guards or bigs are passing to each other. So it's just concentration. Doug, I appreciate your call. Thank you. We'll take a break. Come back. More hoop. There it is. ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI. MRI or call them today at 672-6644. It's hoop season and there's many of you out there will try and act like the Gators do on the court and relive the glory days, but when you get the aches and pains from doing the moves you shouldn't be trying anymore, you'll know it's time to see Dr. Paul Gardner and he'll fix you upright. At Gardner Chiropractic and Injury, they've got affordable, no-stress care from sports injuries to chronic pain and headaches that won't go away. They've got many therapies that'll get you better in no time. They can even order MRIs, ultrasounds, CAT scans, x-rays, and blood work to get you diagnosed the right way. So call them today at 727-4438. At Center State Bank, they put business first. They're the largest community bank in the state of Florida and understand that small businesses need a community business partner that they can rely on. Center State has five convenient Alachua County locations to serve you better. They invite you to come in and experience the Center State difference. To learn more, visit centerstatebank.com. Center State Bank, member FDIC. The best Cuban coffee and cuisine north of Miami are located right here in town at Miapa Latin Cafe. Start your day with a delicious Cuban breakfast featuring beef and eggs, stuffed arepas, and their local favorite, cafe con leche. Or join them for lunch and enjoy a classic Cuban sandwich and one of their many freshly squeezed fruit juices and smoothies. And don't forget dinner, featuring their top dishes made with the most authentic ingredients, like arroz con pollo and ropa vieja. Located on 34th Street in Gainesville, US 441 in Alachua, and online at miapalatincafe.com. Miapa, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Lake Area Metal Solutions is the official metal roofing supplier of the Florida Gators. With lightning fast turnaround times, they can help you beat the rain and the heat this summer. Lake Area Metals is the only metal roofing manufacturer owned and operated in Alachua County, and they are committed to fast, friendly customer service. With over 25 years in the roofing industry, they have the experience, the workmanship, and the attention to detail that you need to get the job done. A proud sponsor of Gator Basketball, visit them today at lakeareametals.com. Welcome back to Hoop, There It Is on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. 
Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. Okay, a couple of features here we're going to get through. Team of the Week, brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators, Real Gators Drive, Davis. Very simple. Team of the Week, teams that have already made the big dance like Belmont. And now the games to watch, brought to you by Radware, your promotional and custom apparel headquarters. What games to watch? All the tournament games that are coming up. Those are easy. This is one of the yeah. best times of the year yes. if you're a hoop fan. Yes. Going to get to Bob. Bob's going to be quick. Go ahead. Hey, Russ. DC, it's Bob. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that 94-team DC. And I know you didn't give any credit to the guy who talked to Danielle Marshall out of those free throws during that timeout. But uh, <laughs> that was such a great tournament up there. And that team was was maybe my favorite team to watch of all these years. I'm going up to Nashville. I'm really torn because I hate to miss the baseball series. Yeah. But that 94 team, I remember, and I want to tell the fans listening, that I remember Nolan Richardson, and they played the toughest defense you saw. They go 40 minutes to hell. For sure. And he said, I remember him saying, you got to cut the head off. And the head is crossed. Yeah. And I remember them going at you. I remember one time they're going up the court, they butchered you, butchered you. And I'm yelling at John Clockerty, and they finally called a foul on Roderick Rose. I said, why don't you just give them hatchets? Yeah. But what you did in that game, that was such a tremendous effort. We were shorthanded. Yes. But that might have been the best tournament ever because Arkansas had just come into the SEC. And I'll tell you a little anecdote. Bobby, got to be we quick. Played in the semi- quick. Quick. Just send me fun. Now, I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Yeah, because I'm up against time here. here. I know you got to go. All right, guys. I okay. I'll talk to you. Good hearing from All you, Bobby. Bobby Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, old friend there. Yes, I know. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's get to uh, a Facebook Live real quick. Uh, Tara, what do you have? Gordon has two questions for Dan. The first question is, as a former D1 player who knows the game and made it to the Final Four, what changes do you think we could make to improve our offense? Well, we already did that one. We, okay. Yeah, okay. That was it? Okay, yeah, we already we already answered that question, in fact. Um, okay, we will take our final break and wrap it up today. Hoop, there it is, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. You may think car buying today is all point, click, deal done. The truth is, the dealer makes all the difference. On-site or online, generations have trusted the family at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet. This week at Davis, save up to $15,000 on new Silverados, a new Equinox, just $199 a month, or buy either with 0% for 72 months. Now at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet on North Main Street. Find new roads. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. The best Cuban coffee and cuisine north of Miami are located right here in town at Miapa Latin Cafe. Start your day with a delicious Cuban breakfast featuring beef and eggs, stuffed arepas, and their local favorite, cafe con leche. Or join them for lunch and enjoy a classic Cuban sandwich and one of their many freshly squeezed fruit juices and smoothies. And don't forget dinner, featuring their top dishes made with the most authentic ingredients, like arroz con pollo and ropa vieja. Located on 34th Street in Gainesville, US 441 in Alachua, and online at Miapa Miapa, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. 
How do you decrease your company's turnover? Ask the friendly staff at Radware. Nothing says thank you like a Yeti-style insulated cup with your company name on the side or a pair of Costa sunglasses. When you want to make an impression, Radware is the place to go. Logoed sunglasses, mugs, water bottles, hats, shirts, umbrellas, pens, the list goes on and on. If you can think it, Radware can make it memorable. Locally owned and operated by UF grads, Radware is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. No one does promotional items and customized apparel like Radware. Visit them online today at radwaredesigns.com. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports Headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Welcome back to Hoop, There It Is on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, W. R-U-F. Just about set to wrap things up. Dan Mullen's going to speak on spring practice, and we're going to carry that live. But one last uh, email here for you, Dan. Ryan's basically saying, uh, do you think there's a direct correlation of the way some conference championships play out like Belmont winning so early and then maybe having to play a team like you know Auburn or Louisville doesn't have as much rest after their conference tournament? Is it an advantage to a smaller school in that regard? No, I don't think so. Um, at this point, um, there's out, there's advantages and there are disadvantages. At this point in the game, it's win or go home. So the advantage is you want to do whatever you need to do to prepare yourself to give yourself the best advantage to win. These kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. So even if they play three days straight, they'll be okay. Okay. That's going to do it for our hoop. There it is for this week. Appreciate Dan Cross coming in. Thank you for Sitting having me. Sitting in for Mark, you better believe it. And uh, Sports Scene is next on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. All right, just like that, we transition to Sports Scene. Welcome. As you listen to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Great to have Dan here today. Mark back next week talking more hoops. But this is a wonder. I, 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 look, the NCAA tournament is great. But this week, with all these championship tournaments, this is a lot of fun if you like hoops. Um, we are going to wait for Coach Mullen. If you want to get a call in uh, before that, you can. Uh, but I may have to... Uh, have you step aside so we can hear from him and then uh, you're going to also hear today at the bottom of the hour at 1230 um, from a guy that I'm interested in talking to because he has history in Gainesville Uh, he played high school basketball or actually went to high school at Buholtz 
and he is now an assistant coach in the SEC. He's at Texas A&M. Uh, he's a special assistant to Buzz Williams. Dale Lehrer is his name. Um, I'm going to let him tell you his story, how he gravitated and he, he's coached, um, how he got uh, with Buzz Williams. So it's always interesting because um, I've told you many times about Buholtz and basketball. Um, King Alexander played there. He's now the president of LSU. Um, Bernard uh, played over there. He's at Stanford now. Um, so that's interesting. And Dale, another guy who played – uh, who went to school at Buholtz, who's done very well, uh, becoming a uh, a college coach and now uh, a special assistant to Buzz Williams at Texas A&M. Um, let's see here. Um, David says, why is there an 11, 11 seed play-in for the tournament? Makes no sense to me. If you're going to have them play in for 11, get rid of the 64 play-in uh and and then let him in. I'm not sure what he means there. It's just another way to do it. That's all, David. Um, as opposed to just saying, here's all of the field. I think that's what he's trying to say. Um, again, I'll keep Dan here till we get uh, uh, Coach on here to talk a little spring practice. Dan, many people, um, critical maybe as a word, uh, questioning Mike White, because um, and I think the worst thing that could have happened to this team was its preseason ranking. Because when you're ranked number six or whatever they were ranked, that's where fans expect you to finish. Yes. And what's ironic is, had Florida not lost this game, they would have finished in second place in the SEC, which is exactly where they were predicted to finish before this whole season started. It's been really up and down. But I want to ask you about youth mm -hmm. okay I think when people look at a team and it's not yours you can say well gee they're young well when it's your team you don't tend to think of that because it's your guys but how much has youth factored into some of the up and down play um, I, I think there's uh, a certain percentage um, and in this case and this is just you ask me my opinion sure um, Youth always has a little bit to do with the roller coaster. But I always compare. We're at a point to where we can be compared to Kentucky's Dukes, North Carolina's Kansas. If these young players were at another program, would we still be having this same conversation? Would the other programs be having the same conversation with the youth that they have in their program? So they have the up and downs and the roller coasters, but at the end of the day, we're talented enough and have enough firepower that, you know, at right now, like that stuff should be figured out. Matchups. I've always felt this tournament was about matchups. Yes. Because sometimes, you, for example, if you're weak at the guard position, you may run into a team that has superlative guards. If right. you're weak up front, you know, do you agree with that? That this time of the year, it's about matchup. It is, but the most important matchups are the backcourt matchups because that's where the ball is going to be the last five minutes of the ball game, and so that's the most important thing. Okay, Dan, thank you for being here again today. Dan Mullen, who now has facial hair, yeah, mm -hmm. Dan Mullen growing a little beard. Nice.
nice. in the off season. Here he is uh, talking spring practice. I'm I'm just trying to be more like you guys. Uh, it, it is a little gray. I just noticed. I need a what is it? A touch of gray? <laughs> the distinguished look. Yeah, I'll say it. The ladies are thinking it. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, right, what do we got? What do you guys? Um, I don't know. What do y'all want to know? We got practice. My opening statement. The uh, yeah. No, I don't really have any opening statements. We got practice starting a week from today. Um. I think it's a week from today, right? I was looking. I'm going through kind of calendar. I I'd always get caught on different days of the week and all that stuff. But um, we're ready. I mean, I'm excited to get out there, go practice, get our guys in the field, see. I think we've had a pretty good off season. Guys making some some pretty good gains this off season, um, physical gains, and then we got to translate that on to performance on the field. So uh, always exciting to get back out there, use the uh, use the 15 practices that we get to, to see how guys develop and, um, you know, and, and evaluate different strengths and weaknesses of the players and where we're at as a team and see what, what type of team we're going to have this year. So uh, it'll be fun to get out there and do that. What do you Well, we're there a bunch, you know, our coaches, because we do spend a lot of time with our program around the guys. But I think it's been a pretty really – I mean, every, every, everything I hear in everyone I talk to and how we talk uh, in every part of the program, it's been a pretty positive offseason with, you know, guys. I mean, we, we get around some of the workouts, but both on and off the field, it's been a pretty positive offseason for our guys with performance in the classroom. Uh, how we've handled things, our, our Gator Life program been been real positive, and then uh, guys getting bigger, faster, stronger, uh, um, you know, and then just overall general team attitude's been very positive throughout the off season. Dan, have you? Are there any two or three players that you might single out who who've really impressed you with what they've done in the off season? Not really. No, I'll see when we start playing football. You know, I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody's had a good off season, so I don't. Uh, it would be more maybe people that wouldn't impress. I that would stand out at me. People that don't impress would stand out more than who impress. Everybody should impress me in making huge gains in the off season, and there really hasn't been anybody that hasn't impressed me. That would stand out more to me. Also, your offensive line, you're going to have more offensive linemen available for spring than you've ever had before would you talk about your offensive line and their development well i think i think one of the allows you to practice a certain way the right way you know to finally have a little bit of depth at that position where we can really practice you know i mean if you, if you just don't have you hard to practice you don't have any offensive linemen you know and 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 put people in you can't just like throw somebody in there you know what i mean and uh, just take a rep because it'll throw off the whole the scheme and the play and everything that goes on. So it's good to have that depth to be able to practice the right way and get to get the right rep, uh, repetitions for us. Um, you know, and, and that that's a, an important part. I mean, if you want to be successful, you got to be successful along both lines of scrimmage, offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. And to do that, you got to have depth. And so it's good that we're starting to create depth on the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, when talking about the, the how your team looks physically, when Scott Conklin moves from Alabama to to Georgia, is there any worry or concern? Do you call Nick Savage up and make sure he's he's happy here? And yeah, well, I mean, I think Nick's very happy. I think I mean Nick is, is somebody that everybody in the like a lot of people in the country try to come after. Um, for jobs and uh you know i mean i think they look at he's one of the, the premier strength coach in america and so i think every, everybody would love to have and have nick savage and uh we're just fortunate to have him and we got a great relationship i know he loves being here loves being a gator and like family loves living in gainesville so uh it's great that we have him on board well we probably annoyed you asking about brenton cox a lot last year um it was probably frustrating yep. not be able to have him play last year but what do you expect from him um this year and where does he kind of fit in uh, I mean, I expect a lot from him. I know he's a talented player. It's good to have him. I, you know, hopefully they get some of those rules fixed up. It looks like they're talking about those rules. So there's at least consistency in college football. Um, you know, that way. And, you know, I mean, you know, one of his teammates, the same exacts, they're in that, like, a, almost identical situations. One's allowed to play, one's not. So, I mean, I don't know. But hopefully they just really define that stuff cleaner. But uh, we expect him to have a great spring. I mean, he's had a, he's, he's worked hard, had a great attitude, been really positive in everything we've, he's done. And I want to see him continue to do that moving forward. Do you have a preference on on the rule, or you just, as long as it's uniform? And I just think I, I I I don't. I mean, I could you can I could sit there and make arguments. I'm not going to get into my personal preference of which one it is. Uh, I could make I I understand all the arguments. You could make arguments both sides. I just think it would be much cleaner for everybody if there was here. Here's the rule, you know, and okay, you're either you're immediately eligible. And you can play, and you get a one-time whatever transfer waiver, or you're not, and there's no waiver process to create, you know, kids to make things up, or one kid gets it, one kid doesn't. I, I just, I think there should be just a consistency within the rule, um, whichever one that everyone decides on. I mean, we could sit here for hours, and I could argue both sides of the case if you want, because uh, I live it on a daily basis, uh, being in there. So I, I can tell you all the positives and negatives both sides, but it's. Um, uh, I just think it'd be much cleaner for everybody if there was consistency in the rule. How how's Kyle handled his first off season as a starter? Yeah, uh, seems to have handled it pretty well. So I know he's got guys. He's got a couple other guys in the room that expect to start next year. So I think uh, he's handled it. He better push himself and continue to work and every day and and compete at the highest of levels so that he can remain in that position. But. I think our guys now going into a, you know a couple of years. I think even all our guys going into last season handled the situation much better in their preparation, knowing what to expect and knowing how to prepare going through an off season. Well, that's and in, in terms of the other guys, do they look at what happened last year and the way Kyle handled last year? And, Absolutely. And kind of take well, that. I as an think example? you know for at this point, those guys are looking at, hey, I'm I'm trying to win the starting job, and. Um, you know, and and I think one of the things I think the guys understand in, in what we do and one of the things that makes us, I, I guess, develop the quarterbacks well is how we handle the rotations and all the opportunities everybody gets where, um, you know, I mean, every, everybody basically gets to be the starter going through spring. You know, I mean, you're going to get opportunities to go with, you know, it's not like this guy only goes with one group, this guy only goes with one group. We roll them all through so you get experience playing with different groups to see how you can handle it. So, um as far as spring ball goes, I think they understand what they're getting into. And then as far as the offseason goes, they understand, hey, these are things I need to do to put myself ready to be. If I, I want to be a starter, these are the things I need to do to be the starter. Dean, um, 
I know you won't have your whole roster here, obviously, for the spring, but uh, how many players will you have on scholarship about, and, and is this the most you've had for a spring? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to count it up. Uh, I was looking at I think I think uh, I would think that it's probably our best balance of the roster in spring. I don't know the exact numbers. I didn't count the exact numbers, but I go through, you know, one of the things, I look at the depth chart and see how many different reps you can get with the one huddle, two huddle, three huddle, and make sure you're balanced with, you know, you like to be at least three plus deep at every position. You know what I mean by that? You might not have four deep at every position, but three deep plus an extra guy or two. Um, you know, three deep on the offensive line plus a couple extra guys. Three deep on the D-line plus a couple extra guys that you can handle an injury. Um, and if, if you're three deep plus across the board at every position, uh, it allows just how you set up rotations at practice. And I think we're, we are worth three deep plus to get even practice. Um, and at, every, at every spot? Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and some. I mean, you're, you're talking walk-ons, talking everybody. Um you know, within a roster, you're looking so that you can rep threes. And, and so when the threes go on the field to rep, um, I mean, you might look out there and say, boy, you know, there's chance, those guys might not play much during the season, even though they're, they're, they're great program players. And they're like, you know, it might see this guy on a special team or two here or there. Uh, at times, you have that depth to be able to go practice. And, and do you ever coach differently in the spring knowing that the transfer portal is out there that – guys who don't get the rep they well, I think our guys understand if you watch our practices everybody gets reps now I mean one thing guys aren't going to complain about is their reps they're going to get their reps and their opportunities uh through spring and I think if you watch us during the season I think that's why a lot of guys are happy um you know how many how many how many guys we play in games and the reps we get in games right where we're like one of the top teams in receivers with 20 plus catches last year number of total number of receivers with 20 plus catches um, and our older guys have really understand and bought into the fact that, hey, if we roll players a bunch, one, I'm healthier throughout the course of the season and for my career, um, I get to stay healthy. It gives me opportunity to be show what I can do on some special teams at times, and it gets a lot of people experience that get to play more. And so uh, I think a lot of our players look at how we rotate the guys and the number of reps they got. And the younger guys love it because it gives them instead of just, hey, I'm standing on the sidelines to wait my turn, they're getting reps in games. The older guys look at it and they could sit there and say, well, boy, now you're an older guy. Don't you want to have like every catch and every, every play? And I think they really, you look at our guys last year, really understood and bought into the fact that that sounds great putting up the stats, but you know what, go watch my film and look at all how our guys on our receivers what that you know how their their draft stocks keep going up and up and up and up for the next level because originally everybody looks at it and says, oh well you you know look at the total number of catches so you must be a high guy now when the nfl actually evaluates you because of the health the freshness and how our guys were able to play through rotation it's it's really increasing their stocks but again you you really been working hard to build this roster up and, and this is i would think going to be the the spring where you can kind of see that a little bit yeah hopefully i think it is uh hopefully we'll have that you know i mean one you got to stay healthy you never know i mean uh, it, any team that wants a chance to win has to stay healthy and you know going to next season you look at the teams that right stayed healthy generally are the teams that have a chance to compete for championships building off that is your three best representative of like what a dan mullen team's gonna look like i mean now that you've had 
two, three years now in the off-season program. Uh, I'm pretty opinionated. I would imagine year one was a team that I expect to look like. You know, I mean, you're going to come in and say, "I kind of this is how I like to do it." Uh, our guys bought in right away year one for us. So I thought, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've had a team that didn't kind of represent my personality well, yet. Yeah, fair enough. But I guess now is this where you can traditionally, I guess, I mean, you guys won in year two under Urban, obviously. But is year three where you really start to see? I don't know. I mean, I think you, like I said, I think year one, I mean, either the guys, our guys bought in when I got here. So they kind of bought into what the teams are going to look like. I don't know if we'll look a lot. Of, you know, we're obviously going to look a little bit different on the personality of each team. You know, I mean, like year one, I think we ran the ball pretty well and we're an okay passing team. Year two, we didn't run the ball as well, but we're a really good passing team. You know, that kind of – that sways. To me, the personality of the team is do we play with relentless effort? Do we have passion for the game of football? See our guys improving throughout the season? That's really what I view – you know, what what my team is, is that type of team. You know, I mean, do we fit the important personalities uh, of our team? You know, are we a fast, physical, aggressive defense? Um, you know, that. Do we utilize the skill and do we utilize the talent of our offense? Spread, the, spread people out, but utilize the talent to put our guys in position to be successful offensively. Uh, and in and create advantageous matchups offensively, and do we play with relentless effort in everything we do? I think those are what I would always consider personalities in my team more than okay, oh well, it's it's this scheme or this this one deal. And I think since we've been here, our guys bought into that for what I view as the personality of my teams more than you know, hey, this is an offense that this is a Dan Mullen offense or a Dan Mullen defense. I think you. If you go watch, since I've been a head coach, there's different variations of those things, but it's the the effort is the thing that's the biggest one for me and my personality. What's the next step kind of in the evolution for, for Kyle Trask this spring? Um, I, I think there's a big part for him in just the the understanding and management of the offense, you know, of how fast he makes decisions. Um, and how quick, uh, how fast he makes decisions, how good he makes decisions. I, I think there's so much to that, the decision-making process of the quarterback, uh, of anticipating know where to go with the ball, make sure, you know, the ability to get us into the right play and really utilize the offense to his advantage. And um, with that, whether it's checking protections, whether it's how you're using snap counts, whether it's uh, how you're throwing guys open and what when you want to take a chance, when you don't want to take a chance, all of those things are the next step progressions. How open do you see this quarterback position? I mean, last year – every position's open. Well, I know. Last year you said uh, there was no set positions with, with, with quarterback, and we kind of maybe rolled our eyes a little bit. But how different is that from this year? No. Same, same. same difference. Same as it is. The, every, there's not a position on our team that's not that way, right? Um, that's wide open, too. Evan's pretty darn good, though. Uh, <laughs> um but I want to see what some of the other guys can do. They're coming in, you know. Um, you know, new Zach Sess is a new guy coming in. I want to see what he can do. Um, but uh, yeah, Evan's pretty tough. To, he he could be. If he, if he felt there was one that that looks secure, it could be Evan. Huh? But none are. He's still got to go compete. I was just doing practice schedules right now about competitive field goal drills. So, we'll see. Dan, what does uh, Tim Brewster bring to the staff? 
Well, you know, I'd bruise, I mean, he's uh, bruise a guy I've, I've had on staff before, worked with before. He's got a great personality, great passion for the game. Obviously, he's an excellent tight ends coach. Uh, and you look, you know, and, and it was kind of funny when he was with me before. I had him coaching the receivers uh, with how when we brought him in. So it's great kind of having him now even at his, his most comfortable position. Uh, but a wealth of knowledge and experience as a position coach, uh, great personality uh, that I already knew about because I've, I've fit in and it's a great you know fit with the staff. I think that's something that's critical of of how you know a guy fits in with the personality of the staff and he's a great recruiter for us too. You know what I mean? And and be around Brew and just see his you know his attitude and, and is always got high energy always excited and and uh that's the type of guy i like to have around and he's, he's a great not only just a great football coach on the field and you know a, a dynamic recruiter but also a great personality within our staff and a great fit and dan any players limited limited due to injuries uh possibly but we'll get into that once we start practice we got another week to see what they do back to the ncaa transfer potential changes mm-hmm. uh unintended con- consequences do you see this as potentially tampering potentially having to re-recruit well there's i think there's always you know every rule that they make there's a lot of unintended consequences that come up that they don't realize i think you know a lot of times rules just get made and this looks good and uh, a lot of time it looks good but there's you know if you, if you look there's not always a lot of coaches on the decision making part of that and the people that are like a lot of people that make the decisions aren't you know I, i'm coaching college football 24 7 365 um a lot of the decision makers maybe aren't coaching college football they've never maybe never coached college football even a day in their life and so they don't know all the little things so i i could probably tell you some of the unintended consequences that'll come up better than than others um is that the big one what's that somebody recruiting right off your roster Boy, I bet some of that even goes on now. So okay. I don't know that that really makes a whole big a difference, right? I mean, yeah. right right now you don't know. I mean, there's people saying, oh, you can get a, a waiver. Right. Well, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. So I don't know that. I, I think, I, think I, I just think by setting the standards so you know exactly what you're dealing, it allows people to be more informed. And then secondly, um, you've made no, mis- no bones about expectations being high since you got here mm-hmm. but i think external expectations are going to be at a different level maybe than they were the last two years and rightfully so probably given what you got coming back but how do you do you address that with your team especially even you know even six months out no i mean it's it's not something we even need to deal with right now you know it'll be something we deal with of you know always dealing with different adversities during the season whether it's adversity of success or adversity of failures both of them bring different adversities to the table. And um, I, I'll be honest with you, I think expectations within the program have been high since I've been here, Pro- probably more so. I think year one, once we started to have success, guys started to, to raise their level of expectation. Last year we had really high expectations within the team. Um, I think when you add the external part, well, I think that's catching up to where we were internally. Uh, and I don't think it's something that really affects you unless we have to, you know, until you get into the season, right? You know, I mean, it's because um, our guys' expectations are hard, are, are high, I'm sorry, right now. Does that, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like our team expectations down here and externally we're up here. Our, our, our internal expectations probably are just as high as the external. 
And uh, so that's not something we have to really deal with or address at this point. Going back to Brewster, was there, sorry, was there a sales pitch? Was there, was it just a text? Well, to get him here? Yeah. Uh, you know, at Brewster, I, but since I've coached with him, you know, I mean, we got a great relationship. So it's someone you always stay in touch with. Um, it's, it's one thing what I do is, you know, I kind of have my list you have to deal with as a head coach, I guess, is you have your list of if this guy leaves, these are the guys that are on my, my, my call list. And so he's always been a guy that's been on my call list um, as, as I put the staff together. So, uh, you know, it's pretty easy once the spot came open that there was a guy that was on your list that was really excited to come be part of this program. Uh, it was pretty easy. And then the past couple of years, we've seen things like Circle of Life drills kick it off. Do you have anything special planned for next week to uh, welcome no. them back? No, you know, I mean, we uh, for us, I mean, I'm just kind of making – I'm getting and putting the final touches on our practice schedule. And, um, you know, one of the things you do is you kind of – these are all the things I want to get done. Then I re-break it down again and make sure that then we're hitting everything that needs to get done from the offensive staff, everything that needs the defensive staff needs to get done, and then special team staff. So everybody's covered in there to make those adjustments. We'll have different competitive things that we do uh, in there. And, you know, mine is trying to balance out that we're getting everybody on both sides of the ball. The assistant coaches think they're getting what they need. And then I getting what I need as the head coach for our program as a whole with those kind of – fun competitive drills dan dan you've you've um, lost a, a p ryan who did so many things for you would you assess your running back situation and and how are you going to replace his production well i think one of the things you do is you look at and make sure you play to the strengths i mean one of the things that uh did an unbelievable job was i mean he was a great mismatch in the past game he's such a dynamic receiver and i think that's something that as you see him now moving forward that I think uh, a lot of people at the next level in the NFL are so excited about um, is his versatility as a running back and his versatility, not just running the ball between the tackles, but his versatility being in the slot or flexed out or creating matchup problems across the board. Uh, one of the things we'll see is making sure that, uh, you know, our guys might not have that type of receiver skill, but then my job is to make sure we put them in a position to do what they can do well because uh, you look at the backs coming back. I'm excited to see, you know, we have some a uh, couple of new faces uh, that'll be in there, but, um, you know, the guys that are coming back, you have a decent idea of what their strengths and skill sets are, um, you know, uh, that way. And I'm excited to see Malik, I, you know, hopefully get Malik 100% back. I, I think coming off the injury, uh, you know, and the injuries he's had, I don't know that he played at 100%. And not that he wasn't 100% healthy, but 100% even in his mental health with confidence being out there on the field last year. So it would be exciting to get him now confident. I think he's confident, back, ready to go. And I think he brings something different, obviously, with Damian and Irish and back uh, that we've seen. We'll see what Lorenzo can do as, as a new guy. And, and what we got to do is evaluate all their strengths and then make sure we're putting them in position to be successful. Also, you've got a lot of new faces that didn't play last year that redshirted coming in in your receiver room. Would you talk about some of these young guys? Well, I'm really excited about that group. You know, I mean, you look at, at the, the, the three guys that, I, you know, played in games but redshirted last year. Um, I'm really excited to see those guys. Now, obviously, they got to pick it up and get used to playing and, and knowing the scheme and how to get open. But I think uh, I'm really excited because you look at the talent that those guys have is pretty special. 
Uh, and then you also look at, you know, other guys like a Rick Wells who, you know, I, we're really excited to go see what he – I'm really excited to see how he does this spring now that, uh, you know, he's worked his tail off and now really the opportunity's there for him to go be more of an impact player. I'm excited to see the type of spring that he has. How important is this period for the transfers to get acclimated? Into, into things. Well, I think for everybody, I think spring ball really is, a, you know, it's it, it, it's such a learning time. You know, I, I view spring ball as head coach. I mean, we're going to do a lot of competitive things, but as a team at the end of spring, we're 0-0. And, and all the coaches got to remember that, you know I mean, making sure we're developing and get our guys developed the way that we need them to be developed. Um, and the team's learning the things it needs to learn going through spring. And I, I I think when you tie all those things together and you get it, we want to come out of spring saying, okay, our team's in a good place moving forward to go into fall. Um, you know, with our developmental, we've created the depth. We have this. These are the guys that are ready that we feel at this point are going to be ready to go and make an impact this fall. Uh, those are all things you have to do to when you get through spring. And uh, so it, it is not just, you know, so, you know, you're looking at new faces, you're looking at guys that redshirted, you're looking at last year or guys that, that played limited roles that are going to be in much bigger roles this spring. You're looking at guys that rotated last year that are, are they ready to be a star? Are they more rotator? You know, we're, I, I love to have depth. If we can roll guys through and stay healthy throughout the course of the year, we'll roll through and play a lot of players. So spring's about really trying to evaluate and push guys and develop guys into being ready to go play and take those reps. You know, I mean, in my idea, you'd love guys, everybody on the roster to be playing, you know, 40 to 45 plays in a game. A lot of those guys, instead of, you know, a guy getting beat up and injured because he had to play 75 because we didn't have depth at a certain position. Who are you looking for to step in for David Reese and What's the challenge there for a guy to show that leadership and kind of be the glue? Well, there's a bunch, you know. I mean, you got, you know, you got Ventrell, you got and, and James Houston, um, which are there. Mahmoud, you know, uh, Diabate's played both positions. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting with the backers to see. Uh, Cedric Brunson had a great year last year, really took some steps forward. Uh, you know, so for me to really see how those guys – uh, take on we've had guys play but not be the guy uh, in there so we're gonna try to see and, and I know Todd I think want to get guys playing both positions and see who can play who can swing it uh, Mac and money for us and you know who can play both sides or who's comfortable at one or the other do you ever play the what if game in your head because seeing Jabari's performance at the combine I'm sure you saw yeah was pretty freakish and they talked about all year Having him and even Grenard healthy, I mean, the two been, yeah. you had, you didn't have. It would have been better, you know. I think, you know, I, I think for him, you know, I mean, like I said, that gets down to injuries, right? I mean, you know, if you're going to see a, a team that wins the championship, the team that stays healthy, and you know, it's a shame for him because I think, you know, everybody can see what he can do, and he didn't get to show that on film last year. Um, you know, so I think as people are evaluating his film, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wishes he could have played a little bit more last year right now so that, you know, everybody say, okay, your, your film matches that combine performance from last season. And, uh, um, so, you know, I think that, that, that would have helped this cause uh, who knows what his draft stock would have been if he would have been able to play the whole year, uh, or played more last year. I mean, his draft stock would probably be way higher than it even is now. So I think, uh, uh, you know, that for him, it's a shame that happened. It would have helped the team. But, uh, you know, hopefully we stay healthy.
uh, for the guys. I think, I mean, if you stay healthy, the, the, the more you go show out on film, uh, the more you do on film, the higher your draft stock's going to be for the next level. And the more you shot on film, the better it is for our team. I think, you know, I mean, it's better for everybody. You called uh, Brewster a dynamic recruiter a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that? What makes him so good? Well, I just, I mean, if you ever talk to him, his personality, you know what I mean? I mean, he's, he loves, I mean, he can talk. I mean, he, he comes in a room and his personality kind of, he's, you know, one of those, he can, he takes over the room, you know what I mean? He's one of those, I don't think he's ever walked into a room and not left with more friends than he walked into. And I think, you know, in recruiting, that, that certainly helps that kind of, that, that personality that he has. Hey, Dan, what's the early feedback on your Australian punter? <laughs> I don't know because we haven't punted yet. So my feedback from him is I think he's a, he is a tough dude now. I go through the workouts. Um, I don't know. He's probably worked out at this level before uh, with the intensity of it. But, I mean, he is tough, competitive guy. Uh, and, and so I'm really excited to see how he kicks the ball. So I've seen it on film from when he was in Australia. So I'm excited to see it live. Huh? Yeah, he's done a great job of it. Of you know, I mean, obviously being far away from home. Have you limited his Chick Fil A intake? Oh, has he eat a lot of Chick Fil A? Yeah, is one? That was his big deal. I think it was. Yeah, I gotcha. Probably. He's worked hard though. I mean, he he like I mean, you get reports like boy, he he competes at a high level, like a you know, a kind of a tough competitive edge to him, which I like. With injuries being so critical to the success, do you in year three change spring at all? I mean, I think you can. No, I'm not, uh, to be honest with you, because I mean, you know, I mean, might shock people, but I'm, I, I'm extremely, always extremely concerned with the health of our team. I know a lot of people think, oh boy, we got, we better put some restrictions on these coaches out here because, you know, the, to make sure we keep the players healthy. I don't think there's anybody in the United States of America that has more concern for the health of the Florida Gators than I do. Um, you know, and there's probably some surgeon doctors, people out there saying, oh, no, these coaches don't know. I'm, trust me, there's nobody in America that's more concerned with the health of our players than me. Uh, and so that's something we do, you know, and, and health of our players also in, involves me making sure they get what they need to be safe and healthy during the course of this, uh, an entire season. Uh, as well, because if I don't do certain things, I'm going to put them at higher risk of injury. And so I pay very close attention to those things. And so, it's, I mean, I, I don't uh, I don't think that ever really changes for us, you know, from one year to the next. I think, you know, if anything, we I know more about the individual players, so that makes it a little bit easier for me because I know the kind of the personalities of different guys and how to manage guys individually more than how it would change the structure of what we do as a team. Uh, you lost all three captains. I, like I think you said, the Orange Bowl. Like this is the last game of this team, and then yeah. as soon as this yeah. is over, the next team. When do the, those leadership roles start fleshing out? Did it already happen with? They started out? day one. That team was born uh, back in January. Our first team meeting. This year's team was born. The last year's team was laid to rest. That's long gone. Uh, and this year's team has a one-year shelf life. And so, you know, that's already been started and been forming uh, from the first day. And we'll see how it continues to grow and pick up through all the different stages and things we have to deal with. Um, you know, we've, we're wrapping up off-season program this week, and then we get into spring ball. You know, then we'll get into summer conditioning, then training camp, and then into the season and see how all those roles keep growing. As a coach, do you have – guys in mind that you'd like to see and maybe you have a conversation with them say hey i need this from you before. yeah you try not to do that because you know i mean just because i want you to be a leader doesn't mean you're going to be a good leader 
you know, and you got to see who really is is taking that on to go be in that leadership role. I think we have a lot more guys that are comfortable being leaders now than we had a couple years ago uh, and understand what the expectations of being a leader is. Are there any of the other signees that you're excited to be seeing in practice? And Every one of them. You know, I mean, we've been here for, they've been on campus for a couple months. I ain't seen them play any football yet. So I'm really excited to go see all of them get out there and go play. And see, uh, you know, I, I'm excited with their attitude of how they've worked uh, and gone through workouts and, and developed. And now um, we get to go see them play some football and see if they're, they're any good. Right? I mean, the stars will tell you I'm sure they're, they're pretty good or something, but we'll find out. I get to find out. Dan, do you have that guy that was like Tebow his first year that just had to, had to finish first in everything? Do you have one or two guys like that? We have that? a lot of guys that are that way now on the team. I think just that's the edge of our team right now. We have guys that like to compete and know how to compete. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a big part of it, you know. I mean, I, you hope you have a guys that always want to do that thing. Every, everybody on, on your roster wants to be that way. So, I mean, I remember Tebow here. I'm – I watched Tebow not win a bunch of things while I was here. Uh, <laughs> I won't get into the specific stories. I'll let you know. There'll be a lot of arguments over what happened with what. But um, no. But I think a lot of our guys love to compete, and I think that's critical. Anyone who likes to dive chest first on concrete across the finish line? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, we'll have guys will do whatever it takes to try to win. And you got to have that mindset. You guys have a lot of experience coming back at safety, but is that position kind of on the spot a bit this year, you feel? I mean, it seemed to be very hit or miss. Yeah, at times. We'll see, you know. Um, it, it, it'll be good. We had some, you know, you had some guys that we we dealt with different injuries at different times last year and, and at that spot, but injuries create depth, which is good. So we have some guys back at the safety spot this year, so we'll see how they, how they do. I mean, I'd love to get it to – um, you know, when it, when you look at it, and to me, it's always how are we getting our best guys on the field? So that's always my question to the defensive guys. How are we getting our best guys on the field? Who are our best players, and are we getting them on the field at the right times? And so it's, it'll be, you know, be up to Ron and, and, uh, and Todd of making sure we have our best guys within different packages that we can keep the best guys on the field within the secondary. Um, you know, and what guys can do and can't do. You know, you look – Look at a, a, a Trey Dean last year who, you know, was really was more comfortable at some spots rather than others. And, you know, we just tried him in spots. We'd never seen him in there before. Um, you know, but part of that was to try to keep the five best guys on the field and how you're doing it. But you also have to do and find where they're comfortable at those spots. Um, you know, and when he's, you know, he's obviously a much better player when he's in the spots he's comfortable with. And we're going to do a lot of that this spring is find who's comfortable where to make sure we're, we're have the different ways to, and combinations to always keep our best guys on the field. Is there any chance he ends up back there? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a chance anybody can end up anywhere at this point. You know, I mean, that's kind of part of spring for us is, is where are we getting our guys in the best position to help the team? You know, so in the secondary, how are we keeping, you know, our five best guys on the field most of the time? You know, you're in nickel a lot of the time. Uh, offensively at receiver, how are we getting our best playmakers on the field at all times? And, you know, how do we keep certain guys on the field? Um, I, I don't look too much of it into spring because we're experimenting with a lot of things um, and, and evaluating things of where they are more than, oh, that's what we're going to be as a team. It's us taking a look at it and see – 
okay, I see this in him now, even though I, I saw things I need to see that we would progress to continue in that direction at, at every position. You know, it'll be interesting on the offensive line, moving some different guys around at different spots to see where they're going to be most comfortable. And then what's the best combination of these two guys working together uh, and being next to each other. And they kind of seem to handle being next to each other better than other combinations. And uh, So we'll have a lot of that going on this spring. Yeah, thank y'all. Okay, that's uh, Dan Mullen talking today uh, about spring practice. A um, lot on the plate he talked about. We'll take a break, come back, we'll have a, a guest, and then we'll take your calls. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Zach Cohen. Gator Athletics is taking a bit of a breather today, except for nine members of the Gators diving teams. They're competing in the NCAA diving zones today in Athens, Georgia. There are three divers from the men's team and six divers from the women's team. And if a diver qualifies, he or she will be eligible for the 2020 NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships on March 18th to March 21st. Elsewhere in the Sunshine State, spring training is still underway as the Tampa Bay Rays face the Toronto Blue Jays at 107. The Rays are 9-5 while the Blue Jays are 7-6, though Toronto will be splitting their squad in this game and another game against the Pittsburgh Pirates at the same time. For ESPN 98.1 FM 850-850. 